Thank you, Canada. That was very appropriately said and well-spoken, I can assure you. Well-spoken. Thank you very, very kindly. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I should like to introduce a young man who many times you've listened to by way of his recordings, and likewise many times have you listened to him over the air. He's going to do a solo for us here, and I want you to get right on the beat and right in the groove with the one and only Cootie Williams. Let's give Cootie a nice, great big one, huh? That gets it, Brother Cootie. I see you came with I your toughness and all, huh? That's right, well. Well, Cootie, yeah. here's the microphone. I thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and I thank you, Ralph Cooper, and I also brought my piano player, Buddy Powell, and we're to play the West End Blues for you. The West End Blues? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, we're going to the other mic now. All right, right. okay. We'll... Now, now we're on the west side of town. Yeah. Yeah, now you can go right from here. Oh, right. Yeah, you can't get mixed up, you know. You can't get mixed up. Yeah. Okay, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wednesday Night Prayer Meeting, a podcast about the history of jazz told from the perspective of someone who's been piecing it together one record at a time over the course of 20-odd years digging through record bins. From Hermosa Beach, California, I'm your host, Frank, and that was West End Blues from the early years of Bud Powell, 1944 to 48, a duet with Cootie Williams on trumpet and Bud Powell on piano. This week's episode is about the music of Bud Powell, a pianist who was instrumental in the development of the bebop style. I realize that West End Blues is an unusual choice to start an episode about Bud Powell with, as it's far from his most famous piece, it's stylistically very different than what he got famous for, and the sound quality of that recording is pretty poor, but I thought it did a good job of setting the pre- or early bebop scene. I would have started the episode with Un Poco Loco, but used that in the mini-episode last week, which if you haven't given a listen to, go back and check it out, because it is an immaculate piece of music. 
Earl Rudolph Powell Budd, as he was known professionally, was born in 1924 in Harlem, New York. His father played piano in the stride style, and young Bud started taking piano lessons, beginning his classical training at the age of five. The Harlem of the 1930s that Powell grew up in was a hotbed of creative new music, and Powell was enamored with the music of pianists like Art Tatum and Fats Waller. By 15 years old, Powell had begun to play at rent parties with his brother William's band. Powell lived near a venue in New York City called Uptown House, and through Uptown became aware of a new music that was being developed by a group of swing music outsiders that came to be known as bebop. In many ways, Powell is the quintessential bebop pianist. His blisteringly fast style of playing isn't without precedent in the history of jazz, but the way he adapted it to bebop made him a pioneer. His soloing style is often described as an adaptation of Charlie Parker's revolutionary style to the keyboard, and while that's not wholly inaccurate, I think it sells Powell a little short. Parker's influence is clear, but Powell's harmonic sense illustrates that he was a tremendously original thinker in his own right. This first set of tunes is going to be from all over Powell's career to give a bit of an overview, starting with a song called Glass Enclosure, which seems like as good an opportunity as any to briefly discuss some of the tumultuous elements of Powell's life. While he was performing with Cootie Williams Orchestra in Philadelphia in 1945, Powell was approached after a gig by police who claimed that he was drunk and disorderly. The police beat Bud Powell brutally, which by most accounts was a major contributing factor in the development of a latent mental illness that troubled Powell to varying degrees for the rest of his life. In the years that follow, Powell was frequently in and out of mental institutions <clears throat> and subjected to the manifold horrors of the mid-century modern mental illness treatment regime, including electroconvulsive shock therapy and medication that at times exacerbated his illness. Glass Enclosure was composed following a six-month period of institutionalization. Powell was released into the care of the manager of the Birdland Club, where Powell was scheduled to perform, and in order to avoid any incidents that might prevent him from performing, he kept Powell under lock and key in his apartment until the show. Those are the circumstances surrounding the composition of the tune, and the title is a reference to his post-institutionalization confinement. This is Glass Enclosure. Enjoy.
That was Tempest Fugit from the album Jazz Giant with Powell on piano, Ray Brown on bass, and Max Roach on drums. Before that was Indiana from the album The Bud Powell Trio, Powell's first album as a leader with Powell on piano, Curly Russell on bass, and Max Roach on drums. And starting that set off was Glass Enclosure from the amazing Bud Powell Volume 2 with Bud on piano, George DeVivier on bass, and Art Taylor on drums. Glass Enclosure is a bit of an oddity in the jazz world and in Powell's body of work in that, like Thelonious Monk's Crepuscle with Nelly, it's presented as a fully composed piece without improvised sections. Speaking of Thelonious Monk, in the early 1940s when Bud Powell was getting started out, the two developed a very close friendship and Monk served as an older brother, mentor figure to Powell, introducing the young pianist to the legendary group of players at Minton's Playhouse who were developing the style and vernacular that became bebop. Monk was vehement about bringing Powell onto the scene and being the house pianist at Minton's, refused to play unless Powell played first. Powell was equally enamored with Monk and when he got a job as the pianist in Cootie Williams Orchestra, he introduced what was destined to become Monk's greatest hit, Round Midnight to the Orchestra, which led to the first recording of the tune. While this brought Monk's tune to a wide audience, it resulted in the first major shafting of many in Monk's career. Cootie Williams added a bridge to the tune and copyrighted copyrighted it under his and Monk's name. A lyricist did the same, and to this day Monk's estate only gets about one-third of the royalties generated by the song. Anyway, it's a beautiful song, and I think it's worth, worth hearing this first version of the tune that was recorded, so here is Cootie Williams' rendition of Round Midnight. Enjoy.
was Ruby My Dear from the album A Portrait of Thelonious with Powell on piano, Pierre Michelot on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. Before that was In Walked Bud from the Genius of Modern Music Volume 2 by Thelonious Monk with Monk on piano, Sahib Shihab on alto, Milt Jackson on vibraphone, Al McKibben on bass, and Art Blakey on drums. The song was composed by Monk in honor of his young friend Powell. And starting that set off was the first recorded version of Round Midnight, performed by the Cootie Williams Orchestra with Williams on trumpet, along with his orchestra's trumpet section made up of Ermit Perry, George Treadwell, (coughs) Lamar Wright, and Tommy Stevenson. Uh, Eddie Vinton and Frank Powell on altos, Ed DeVeritel on baritone, Lee Pope and Sam Taylor on tenors, Bob Horton, Ed Burke, and Ed Glover on trombones, Carl Pruitt on bass, Leroy Kirkland on guitar, Vess Payne on drums, and of course Bud Powell on piano. Although Monk's music made an impression on Bud Powell's playing, his most marked influence was the great pianist Art Tatum. I don't think I've played any music by Tatum on this podcast before, and his playing is truly astonishing, like no one else really before or since. I remember hearing Art Tatum for the first time in a jazz appreciation survey course at the local community college and being completely blown away, as it's hard to believe that anyone can play quite how Tatum does. This is Tiger Rag by Art Tatum. Enjoy. Thank you. 
That was Crazy Rhythm from the album Piano Interpretations with Powell on piano, George DeVivier on bass, and Art Taylor on drums. Before that was Sweet Georgia Brown from the album Piano Solos by Bud Powell with Powell on piano, Curly Russell on bass, and Max Roach on drums. And starting that set off was Tiger Rag by Art Tatum from the album Piano Starts Here. I have a few more pieces to play for you before the long piece, so I'll get right to this next set of songs, which begins with a song called Whale. Enjoy.
That was Tenderly from the album Jazz Original with Powell on piano, Lloyd Trotman on bass, and Art Blakey on drums. Before that was Shaw Nuff from the album Roundabout Midnight at the Blue Note with Pierre Michelot on bass, Kenny Clark on drums, and Powell on piano. And starting that set off was Whale from The Amazing Bud Powell Volume 1 with Powell on piano, Fats Navarro on trumpet, Sonny Rollins on tenor, Tommy Potter on bass, and Roy Haynes on drums. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed hearing some of the music Bud Powell made over the course of his career. The long piece for tonight is by Charles Mingus's group. Powell left the United States in 1959 for Paris, trying to escape the ill treatment that African Americans in general and the mentally ill in particular received in the U.S. While on tour in Europe, Mingus was able to get Powell to sit in on a version of I'll Remember April. On the tour, Mingus had been performing with a pianist group made up of Mingus on bass, Ted Curson on trumpet, Booker Irvin on tenor, Danny Richmond on drums, and Eric Dolphy on various reeds. Powell made no secret of the fact that he did not like Dolphy's playing, accusing Mingus of showcasing a bunch of noise, but they were able to get along long enough to perform this piece. This is I'll Remember April from Mingus Live at Antibes. Enjoy. Enjoy.